Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host and senior staff writer, Brian Whitfield. And today, we are incredibly lucky to have a fantastic special guest all the way from Boston. He's a producer at 98.5, the Sports Hub, and one of the co-hosts of the Over Under 985 podcast. It's Dan Lipschatz. Dan, it is awesome to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. You know, uh, glad I got a few minutes to jump on with you guys. Fun to talk about football. Right around the corner, man. It's coming up tomorrow. Oh man, and and we are super psyched. We've been saying we've been counting it down since the end of the Super Bowl. You can you can bet on that. So hey Dan, before we get started, you know, tell me, tell our listeners, how did you get into becoming an expert analyst in sports betting? I mean, pretty simple. Back in the day, uh, you know, really in high school, I you know I kind of I kind of messed around with some gambling stuff and some betting stuff, but I wasn't very good at it. Then in college, I ended up, uh, you know, it was early on in my college career, I started ended up paying a few handicappers online to try and do a little bit of betting. And, of course, lost all my money because 95% of those guys are just completely out of stones. So, you know, I ended up losing a whole bunch of money and then decided, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to teach myself, kind of, you know, learn everything, you know, find wow. people to connect with, you kind of have the idea, you know, know what they're doing and Pretty much just kind of self-made in terms of gambling. I mean, I've met a lot of smart people along the way. A lot of people have helped me, so it's not just, you know, all me. But, you know, it's been a, it's been an adventure. But, I mean, it's, it's fun, man. I mean, that's, that's the thing is it's a grind. It's fun. It's not a marathon. You know, it's, it's a marathon. Right. It's not a spread. Right, right. And, of course, now it's going to be more and more popular now that they finally lifted ridiculous old law from 92 and now it's actually legal all over the country it's going to be state by state we're going to see a huge pickup this is why we're super excited about it that's the first place i always went when i went to vegas is right to the sports book so uh, hey before we get uh, i don't know we got lots to talk about uh so thanks for that dan we're going to get rolling in a second but before we do that ryan uh since you don't have to give our listeners an update in the bachelor this week why don't you tell us a little bit about squad ql yeah, so somehow I've completely misplaced my call sheet and can't, or my uh, my sheet here and can't find it in the um, <laughs> right. in my email. Here we so go. Shouldn't we go off the cuff? Yep, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Squad Two L for those of you looking for you know the advantage uh, advantage or competitive edge against your uh, enemies and friends that you're in fantasy. Um, look no further than Squad Two L. It'll give you trade recommendations, trade suggestions. It'll analyze your league, let give you waiver wire pickup moves, and help you optimize your lineup. Um, so yeah, sign up now at SquadQL.com. All right. It's just like it's as if you actually said that before, Ryan. It sounds like you actually said that before. So, hey, so let's listen. Let's get rolling here. We got lots to talk about. We're talking NFL picks. We got five games we're going to be talking about today. It's going to be lots of fun, and we're going to get lots of details. Let's get it rolling. All right. The first game we got teed up here is the NFL kickoff game. That's Thursday at 8 p.m. The Atlanta Falcons at Last year's Super Bowl champs, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles last year, 13-3, and obviously won the Super Bowl. Falcons, 10-6 and last year. Eagles favored in this game by two. It's going to be really interesting, folks. You, we already know that, we, that uh, Carson Wentz will not be playing in week one. 
we're going to be seeing a little bit of Nick Foles, who looked terrible in the dress rehearsal in the, pre- in the third preseason game. They'll also be without Alshon Jeffrey, who is out of commission with a shoulder injury. So there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets of Dallas Godard, the uh, impressive rookie who's had nine catches or 149 yards and touchdown during the preseason slate so far. And we'll probably see a little bit more of Nelson Aguilar as well. They did some work in the offseason, folks, but they didn't do a whole lot. They lost a couple of people, LeGarrette Blunt being one of them, Trey Burton going off to the Bears, who we'll be talking about elsewhere. Patrick Robinson gone, Vinny Curry gone. So a couple, imp- couple impact players on defense also off the team. And they didn't really add a lot. They got Halodinata. Uh, and they managed to pick Mike Wallace, who may be relevant in week one, but probably not going to be much in week thereafter. Of course, the Falcons had did some work as well. They got Calvin Ridley in the first round from Alabama, an impact wide receiver. However, hasn't really shaped up so much in the preseason. They also have done some work over the, uh, over the uh, preseason outside of the draft, but mostly in departures. They lost Adrian Claiborne at defensive end, Taylor Gabriel at wide receiver, and... Dante Poe at Dontari Poe at defensive tackle. So let's get this rolling here. Dan, give us your thoughts on the game between the Falcons and the Eagles. So I'm pretty sure the spread opened at four a couple of days ago, or at least you know, at least when it opened, it opened at four. Uh, you're seeing a lot of sharp action and just a lot of public action. It looks like, you know, just everyone seems to be on the Falcons at this point. I did take a look earlier today. It was down to a pick'em. Um, which means that, you know, the spread has basically moved four points in the past couple weeks. It's getting to the point where you are starting to see some value with Philly. And I don't really like either side, to be honest with you. This is kind of one of those games where I would rather just, you know, this is when when you have these, like, national primetime games, there's a couple things that you really look for. First off, you look for traps, because there's a whole bunch of traps that they set in these games. A couple years ago, Denver, Carolina – Everyone and their mother was on Carolina. I mean, every single person, and I went with Denver. I just thought they were the better team. I got, you know, that same year, I think a week later, it was Minnesota-Green Bay, and that was the kind of the year that Minnesota kind of started to emerge as a good team. Everyone and their mother was on Green Bay, and so, you know, just go to the other side, and Minnesota was at home. Rodgers hadn't looked great the week before. It's just one of those things where you kind of look for these trappy-ish lines, there's nothing really here to, to love. So, I mean, if I'm going to make a play on this, it's probably going to be a first-half under type play. It's going to be a smaller type play. If, you know, mm-hmm. just, there's just not a whole lot of value there. However, if you're, you know, if you're a sharp, you want to follow the sharps, the play is Atlanta. If you like to fade those guys, you like to fade the public, mm-hmm. you like to fade the money, the play is Philly. If I had to pick a side, and I'm, I'm not advocating for you to bet it, but if I had to pick a side – I'd probably just play Philly. I mean, I think at home, coming out of a Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl championship, you get your rings. Nick Foles, I understand, he's, you know, he didn't look great in the preseason, but it's a different game when you start the regular season. It, it's a totally different type of tempo, a totally different play style. I just think that if you if you had if I had to pick a side, I'd probably take Philly to pick him. And honestly, I might even wait a little bit. They might even mm-hmm. get down to a dog at home. And I mean, I wow. don't love picking home dogs, but I mean, I'm kind of rolling with Philly if I have to. All right. Well, there's some good thoughts there. We'll go ahead and get some nice light applause there. Very nicely done. All right, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this game? So I put in our, uh, we're in our pick'em league, and I went through this game today, and I, I put in my write-up that I know I'm falling into the trap that, that spurred uh, a Super Bowl run for the, for the Eagles last year, but I look at a team 
where Nelson Aguilar is the best receiver on, on, the, t- on the field tomorrow night. And I look at um, Mike Wallace as a downgrade um, from uh, Torrey Smith, where Torrey Smith's kind of been a winning player, even when he hasn't been as good as he was early in his career. Whereas I think Mike Wallace is kind of a dog and a loser. Um, so I just think that Philly's weaponry, on the, especially on the outside, is worse. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the running back position. I just, again, I know I'm falling into the trap, but I, I like Atlanta outright in this game because of the fact that I just think that Philly's too banged up. And I think um, Philly strikes me a little bit as a team that come, that might be due for a letdown game just because of the fact that they, they do a lot of yapping, uh, you know, and maybe I'm sensitive to it as a Patriot fan, uh, Lane Johnson in particular running running his mouth. And it just seems like if there's a team that, you know, while it benefited them last year, might now be due for maybe a little bit of a hangover coming early into the season while they wait for Wentz to get back, um, it would be Philly. So, you know, out of pick them or with Philly, the favorites, you know, are getting Philly, uh, uh, sorry, Atlanta getting points. You know, I'm taking Atlanta in this game right now. Wow. Okay. So we got, uh, you know, so this is going to be a tough one to bet if anybody wants to bet it, but we got some nice thoughts there on both the Eagles and the Falcons. So Ryan, I know we were going to talk about DraftKings. Did you want to give a, a thought on somebody who you might take from DraftKings from this game? Yeah, my, my DraftKings play is, uh, is Tevin Coleman at 4,400 uh, bucks on DraftKings right now. Um, I think mean, that's good value for a guy um, who at times at a, at a ceiling can perform as an RB one. Um, I think at worst case scenario, you're looking at RB two and to get 44, get him at 4,400 bucks is a, a pretty good deal. And, uh, you know, first week's a little bit of a dice roll, but you know, tomorrow night's the kind of night where defenses might not be ready to go. And it might turn into a little bit of a shootout similar to what we saw in Kansas city or in new England with Kansas city and Patriots last year. Yep, and I, I agree that's a good pick. And I also have Nick Foles at $5,900. I mean, at that point, you can basically just fill your entire lineup with studs if you want and just see where how it goes. Uh, Falcons not with a really great pass defense at this point. Nelson Aguilar only 5900 And Mohamed Sanu going for a measly $3,800. So if you need a punt play at wide receiver, not a bad thought for the Falcons. So let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one and move on to the next game that we're talking about at the Houston Texans at the New England Patriots Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Texans ended the year last year dismally, 4-12. and 12. Patriots at 13-3. and 3. We all know how that ended. I know Ryan does. Patriots are favored in this game by 7, but Deshaun Watson's back. He's back, and also everybody else is back. J.J. Watt's back. Whitney Merciless is back. They added Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, in free agency. Lamar Miller Maybe making a comeback. Who knows? Dante Foreman out of Achilles injury on the shelf, so he'll have plenty of run. They managed to draft Justin Reed, a nice safety there, and a lot of other movement, a lot more movement there on the Texans side. On the Patriots, almost the opposite. They completely gutted their receiving courts. All they have left, and this is it, I believe, on their 53-man roster, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, and Corderell Patterson. That's all they got at wide receiver right now. But, you know, they got Gronkowski, so, and you got James White, so maybe you don't need those guys. Edelman is suspended. He'll be back in after the fourth week. And, of course, you know, uh, Bill Belichick made some news by breaking tradition and drafting Sony Michelle, making him the first Patriots running back, taken in the first round since Lawrence Maroney back in 2006. So, Dan, why don't you uh, get, let's get us started here. What do you think about this game between the Texans and the Patriots? I think this is a similar game to the Philly-Atlanta game that we're talking about right now. First off, the spread opened at 7. It's been kind of consistently hanging around that area. I do think it's down to 6 or 6.5, depending on the book that you have. I know that I have it at 6.5, uh, you know, minus 105, meaning $105 to win $100. 
You know, right now, the way that I look at this game is very, it's a very similar type game. Everyone seems to be on one side, and which is weird because when you expect, when you, you know, you talk about the New England Patriots, you expect people to be betting on them. I mean, by far, they are the best against the spread team constantly. I mean, in the past, what, 11, 12 years, they're, I mean, I think they're hitting something around like 71% against the spread wow. in that time. It's, I mean, really, they just, they're just money makers. Not to mention the fact that pretty much here's the thing. You're really when you're really picking the spreads in these games, and I it's a secret that people don't really understand. You're really just picking a winner. Eighty seven percent of the time the past eight years, teams that win cover the spread. So really what you're trying to do is you're just trying to pick a winner of this game. In my opinion, I'm taking the Patriots at home. There has been negativity. There has been doubt about Tom Brady. There has been all sorts of doubt, anger. You know, just distractions from the media, including coming from my station. Everything mm-hmm. has been negative about this team. Vegas is down on them. They're, you know, their win total this year is at 11. So what am I doing? Wow. I am going the opposite way. I'm taking the Patriots. Give me the Patriots at six and a half or six, depending on the book. I'm okay at seven as well. If you know, if you, if you decide you want to wait for it. Honestly, the way I look at it is this: I think Deshaun Watson has looked fantastic this preseason. Obviously, coming off that ACL. Don't know where he's going to be in actual game time. Again, totally mm-hmm. different game in the preseason. It's a different right. type of thing. Bill O'Brien has never won here, and consistently no shows in New England. Constantly, I'm just not a big proponent of betting on the Texans on the road. And again, if I'm picking a winner, and that's all we're trying to do here, realistically, 87% of the time, give me the Patriots, give me the points. I'm taking that side. Everyone's on the Texans. I don't like a public dog. Everything just <laughs> smells funky about that line to me. I, I, give me the Patriots. Give me the points. I will lay that six and a half. Wow. Okay. Well, that's some good thoughts there, Ryan. Why don't we turn to you here and you tell us your thoughts about this Patriots-Texans game. So I've talked about it a lot on this show, and uh, it's actually how me and Dan started uh, kind of bonding on Twitter. Um, was uh, <laughs> fighting off Patriot fans who got very mad at me and Dan all offseason. Um, and I think <laughs> yep. it was on several of his tweets that I started to come jump, chirping in saying how people what, are fans getting mad at you, fans. Ryan. How's that possible? Uh, well, <laughs> come on. you know, the Patriot <laughs> fans, you know, are, are very sensitive to the fact that there's, you know, dysfunction in the organization right now. Um, yep. but I think kind of mirroring what Dan said that we've, we've gone so far in the pendulum now that this is, this is borderline week five against Cincinnati in 2014 territory, which is when the Patriots play their best when despite whatever may be going on there, which is real, um, the tension and the fact that this may not be for the long haul, um, you know, the, the, this dynasty may be on their way out kind of deal. You know, I think that it's gone so far the other way that this is the time where, you know, guys like Belichick and Brady are going to actually tune out all their frustrations and go take it out on, on the Houston Texans on Sunday. Um, so I'm, I'm big on the Patriots in this game. I kind of waver on it for a little bit, but, you know, Deshaun Watson, we haven't seen, you know, more than a sample size. It's funny because if you want to anoint – Jimmy G, the chosen one, um, then, well, you're an idiot because he's only played, uh, whatever, six games in a, a, a game and mm-hmm. a quarter. But, uh, but mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, who flashed for four weeks, you can absolutely buy in on uh, in the public side. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, we still need to see a little bit more. I think the Patriots defense is better situated than it was early last year. I think Gilmore being in the system for a little bit longer, um, having a full offseason here again, and uh, going through all of last year, I think that he'll be more uh, prepared to play. I think the Patriots – uh, if Juwan Bentley does look like he did in the preseason, um, that the front seven is really undersold in New England right now. And, you know, at, at home with their history and back against the wall, 
you know, I, I like New England in this game. And I'll just move to my DFS pick quickly since you mentioned him in the in the preview um, mm-hmm. or when you were setting up the segment here. I, I like James White in this game. He's going for 4000 bucks on uh, on DraftKings right now. The Patriots are going to have to use the running backs with that depleted receiving core right now. They're just going to have to. Right. So, yep. Burkhead coming off an injury. Sony Michelle coming off an injury. I believe Burkhead was back full participant today, but uh, uh, Michelle yep. was still limited. Um, and James White's the big pass-catching guy now, especially with Deion Lewis gone. So I think he's going to have a big game and have a big role. Um, I expect a lot of screens and a lot of quick passes uh, to negate the pass rush. So I, I like James White at $4,000 as, as an RB2 play or a flex play. I like that. Yeah, I love that pick. I love that pick. I also like, actually, the running back on the other side. I like Lamar Miller. He's only 5,200 and no Dante Foreman. He's in the pup list for the Achilles injury. And I really love Chris Hogan at 6,100. I think he's going to be very active in that Patriots offense. He's going to be their number one receiver. I mean, like, just look at who he has to fight off for uh, receptions there. Philip Dorsett and Cordell Patterson, I don't think so. It's going to be just Gronkowski, White, and Hogan is my thought. So that is some fantastic thoughts on that game. Let's ring the bell. Move it on to the next game. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The Steelers ended 2017, 13-3, and the Browns a lowly 0-16. Didn't win a game, totally defeated. But they got their guys in the draft. They got Baker Mayfield, and they got Denzel Ward, a cornerback, and they really kind of stocked up. Got Nick Chubb in the second round as well. So they did a lot to replenish their offense and defense. Steelers didn't do a whole lot. They did manage to pick up a safety in the first round in Terrell Edmonds. Uh, they got James Washington, a wide receiver. Hasn't been really featured much, and not a whole lot going on in, as far as free agency. Um, so there's not much to talk about there, but the game currently theoretically sitting with the Steelers favored by four. Antonio Brown, you know, he's he's back. He's in full full on quad strain for most of the preseason, but he's no longer an injury report. But there's a big question mark about Le'Veon Bell not being back with the team. Brown's looking good. Taylor, Tyrod Taylor going to start. Baker Mayfield sitting in the sidelines. But Antonio Callaway looking really, really good out there. And it'll be interesting to see how he fits in as long, as long, along with David Joku in his second year with them. So, Dan, give us your thoughts on the Steelers and the Browns. So a couple things here. First off, I'm real down on the Steelers this year, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with Le'Veon Bell, although that certainly helps. I'm just down on Mike Tomlin as a coach. I've always mm. have been. I've never thought he was a good head coach, and honestly, he continues to show up every single year and proves to me why he's not good. He's not a good head coach, and he's not worth backing in big games. Uh, like last year with the Jaguars and AFC Championship. It's just, I'm sorry, the AFC divisional round, apologies, not the championship. Listen, it's, it's, it's getting to the point now where we're starting to overvalue the Steelers. Their players are getting older, especially the key player, the quarterback. He can't stay healthy. He looks constantly worse every single time I see him play. I know he had a great game versus the Jags last year, but every time I see him play, he looks worse and worse to me. Now, listen, the public is all over the Browns this year. People love the Browns mm-hmm. this year. The yep. Sharps loved the Browns last year. I think, I think, you know, I think probably the Sharps played the Browns every single game last year because <laughs> there was value there. And the thing was, I think they ended up going like three and thirteen against the spread, or two and fourteen, depending on the, you know, depending on the, uh, right. you know, the lines you got. Basically, the Browns ended up, you know, as one of the worst first half against the spread teams in the history of the NFL. <laughs> one in fifteen against the uh, against the spread in the first half. He ended up covering quite a few second halves, but that's when the game was already a blowout. I mean, here's the thing: Cleveland cannot possibly be any worse, and they're at home in this game. Honestly, 
their their defense is starting to remind me of what the Jaguars have now. It's not as talented, but a couple years ago when the Jaguars were coming up and they played Green Bay that first week, it was a very interesting game for a while. And honestly, Bortles kept them in that game. I actually mm-hmm. think that Tyrod Taylor is better than Bortles. Now, I'm not advocating that the Browns are going to be, you know, in the AFC division or AFC championship game next year because I certainly don't think that. However, I think they're going to be an undervalued team this year, although the Sharps are going to be on them every single week. I think the public mm-hmm. is going to be backing the Steelers this week. I think it's going to be a classic Sharps versus public. I'm rolling with the Sharps this week. I, mm. I like the Browns at home. It's not a traditional pick for me. I usually try and stay far away from teams like Hawaii in college football, the Browns mm-hmm. in the NFL, teams that <laughs> Sharps find value in every single week but constantly lose. Well, you see, Hawaii's 13-0 this year. Give me the Browns. I'll take the plus four. I actually like them outright. Honestly, again, I, I, it's going to be the same thing for me. If I'm going to take a team against the spread, I'm almost always going to take the money line as well. Give me the Browns mm-hmm. plus the 175 and just, you know, give it to me. I'm, I'm taking the Browns to win week one. Unlock those beer cages the first week. Everyone in Cleveland is going to go nuts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, that is a bold, bold statement. All right, Ryan, are you going to match that? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, we got to start bringing guests on the show that I don't agree with on anything because I feel like every time I just, I just end up mirroring everything <laughs> they say. But I, I'm, I'm right there with Dan. Not only do I like the Browns against the spread, but I like the Browns um, outright in this game. Ben Roethlisberger's home and away splits. Um, that story's been told the last several years. He's not the same outside of um, <clears throat> Pittsburgh that he is inside. Uh, I think it was either last year or two years ago that, that, that abysmal Miami game um, where he went into Miami and, and was, was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league that week. In that week. So um, I, Le'Veon Bell adds to it for me, but just because more of the dysfunction, uh, the comments from Roman Foster today um, and Pouncey uh, calling, uh, you know, making comments on how much he makes more than them. How they how they set them up, um, and you know, and, and so th- there's a lot of dysfunction there. It, it starts from the Antonio Brown in the locker room two years ago. I'm going to mirror the stuff about Mike Tomlin. I think he's a good rah rah, you know, motivational leader. But from a control standpoint and X's and O's standpoint, I, I don't believe he's a very good coach. And um, you know, Cleveland can't get much worse. And I've been saying that Cleveland's going to turn around for two years now. So I'm going to ride that one until <laughs> yeah. I die. So I got, okay. I got Cleveland uh, covering this game, and I have them winning outright. Uh, as for my DFS pick, um, I'm going to kind of counter uh, <laughs> contradict what I just said because I'm taking uh, Connor at uh, at 4,500 bucks with Le'Veon. I, I don't I don't see Le'Veon back. He's prepared to sit out multiple weeks. I don't think he comes back this week, and I think that the Steelers' offense um, it was either two years ago or three years ago. I think it was the 2016 season during the stretch that Bell was out. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the Steelers averaged 31.9 points per game or something crazy like that. Um, I do think the offensive line makes them better. Uh, D'Angelo Williams did just fine for him. So I think Connor is, is you're going to see James Connor's uh, price go up as we get closer to game time. So I'd have him now while he's still in the force. All right. Well, I, I, will, I will actually give you my DraftKings pick. I'm on the other side. I love David Joku at just $3,400. He looked great in the preseason. He probably will see a, quite a few looks, I believe, playing against a uh, – I mean, it will be a tough matchup against the Steelers defense. It normally does well against tight ends, but for 3400 I think there's value there. Jarvis Landry, their acquisition, only $5,500. We already know that Gordon is going to play, but he's not going to start. And Antonio Callaway will be part of that as well. So who knows what will be in there for Jarvis Landry. But they're using shots downfield and not using him just out of the slot. 
spot, and we know he can catch the ball, so I do like him for that price. All right, let's go ahead and keep this moving. Ring the bell on that game. Move on to the next one. That's my Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Sunday night football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. Bears actually last year, very disappointing season. Of course, we knew it was going to be that way. 5-11 and 11 in 2017. Packers actually more disappointing because they all expected to do a lot better, but we saw a lot more Brett Hundley than we actually wanted to. Ended the season 7-9. and nine. Packers are favored, uh, I believe, at this point by 9. There are a lot of changes on both sides of the ball here, but more so on the Bears side. Trubisky taking a step forward. Also, also obtaining Trey Burton and Taylor Gabriel as receiving options. Allen Robinson as a receiving option. Drafting Anthony Miller in the second round. And, of course, having Jordan Howard. And <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead, but Khalil Mack is a Chicago Bear. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Mack is a Chicago Bear. $141 million over six years. The most highest paid defensive player in NFL. Packers, on the other hand, are the Packers. I mean, you can't really put anything on that except to say that they uh, have Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> that's all you really need, guys. You don't need to know anything more than that. So what are your thoughts here, Dan, on the Packers and the Bears? This is the type of game that I hate betting. And the reason <laughs> is because the reason is because you have a side that has been so hyped up by the media, like the Bucks or the Jaguars two years ago when they weren't quite as good as they were last year. Mm-hmm. The Titans two years ago when they weren't quite as good last year. I think the Bears are kind of in that echelon this year of they're being overhyped in the media because of the names, and I think they're about a year away from being legitimate. I like to mm-hmm. see a lot as a quarterback. I think he's going to be better this year. He has some legitimate targets today. Very good for him, assuming that his knee is, you know, okay. Uh, I'm going to go out there and say that Trey Burton has a pretty good year as well. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to match the expectations that everyone else says he is. I mean, the expectations that are being set for Trey Burton right now are kind of ridiculous. And so I think he's going to need to <laughs> relax on that. I think Mac is going to be fantastic for them. But again, I think it's going to be an adjustment period there as well. In terms of Green Bay, I mean, listen, they haven't done anything. They, they never really bring in, you know, they, they never overhaul anything. They very much play it close to the guts. They're constantly, you know, doing the same type of thing over and over. Here's what uh-huh. I would say. If you really want to bet the game and you really want to bet a side, go for it. I'm an under guy in this one. Uh, again, another Sunday football game, two teams that know each other so well, division rivals. I'm probably uh-huh. a first-half under guy in that one. Um, uh-huh. However... If I had to choose a sign, I believe the spread's now down to eight or eight and a half at most places. I'm mm. going to go against my 87% rule here, and I'm going to take the Bears. I don't like what? it at all. I'm not confident <laughs> in it. I'm, te- I'm telling you, don't trust me on this one. This is not something that I'm confident in. But if I had to take a side, I'm taking Chicago. The points are a lot. The team is improved. I don't, you know, you still don't really know where Green Bay is in terms of, you know, where they are with everything. They've had a lot of injuries. That defense is, eh, okay, you know, it's not great. The Chicago defense should be better. So give me Chicago. I'm actually going to, if I had to, I would take Green Bay outright. I will take Chicago in the points and will break my rule and say this might be the only game this week that isn't an outright cover spread game. All right. I love the fact that we took tough games for you to pick, Dan. This is amazing. And I love the fact that you took the Bears because I thought I'd be the only person to be in that side. So, Ryan, what say you about the Bears at the Packers? Yeah, so I'm I'm taking the Packers and I'm taking the cover. Um, I think the Bears are going to be a much improved team, but I think that there's a lot of 
young pieces or pieces like Khalil who are just getting there are going to take a little bit to adjust. I think that defense could be a top um, a top 10 defense for sure, but even elevate closer to a top five defense by the midway point in the season. I just think they have talent across the board, but Khalil Mack is a, is a big part of that, and I just don't know how much of the defense he's going to have a grasp on right now. So I like the Packers. I like the Packers' defense right now, uh, as I highlighted uh, in our, our Super Bowl prediction article the other day, because I just think mm-hmm. they've quietly put together one of the best uh, secondary cores. Now it's young, but, you know, Tremont Williams, Kevin King, which was a pick I loved last year, and then Jair Alexander picked this year, which I loved the kid out of Louisville. So I, yeah, think I know how you love Jair Alexander. Uh, <laughs> I love Jair Alexander. So I love that. Um, the, the, but on the flip side, the guy I'm going with, I think there's going to be space over the middle because I still think the Packers are weak uh, at linebacker. So I have Anthony Miller working out of the slot as my DFS pick, going for 4600 wow. bucks right now. He's another guy that I'm really high on. I own, I own stocks in him um, in about half my leagues right now in fantasy, and mm-hmm. he's a guy that I – that I really, really like um, and I think is the best uh, the best DFS play in this uh, this matchup this weekend. Yeah, I I also, I've, I'm also sold. I'm one of those guys who overhyped Trey Burton, so I kind of like him at 4,300 as well. And I like Allen Robinson. When, and I'll say this, I like Trey Burton this week, maybe not every week because there's no Adam Shaheen this week. He's injured and he won't be playing. Allen Robinson at just 6,300, not bad. They're probably going to have to throw to keep up. And Ty Montgomery, only $3,700. Probably going to get running back and wide receiver snaps with Aaron Jones on the shelf. I love that. $3,700, you want a punt play, that's your punt play of the week in my book. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell. Move on to the last game of the day. That is the Los Angeles Rams and the Oakland Raiders. It's Monday night football. The second Monday night football, actually, because it's at 10.20 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Rams last year ended 11-5. 2017 year was much, much improved from the before. And Jared Goff looked like the guy they actually drafted. The Raiders ended 6-10, and 10, totally underwhelming there in 2017. Looked like they took a huge step back. Derek Carr looked lost. And in the offseason, lots of moves here. A lot of departures on both sides and a lot of, and some arrivals, some key arrivals on both sides as well. You know, the Rams, obviously, they have uh, – they had uh, Ndamukong Sue come in, so that's going to improve their defense. That's already been a good defense. Um, and as far as departures, we all know that they lost Sammy Watkins and Tremaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson may be impacted. Jermaine Watkins had no impact last year anyway. That may not matter. The Raiders, on the other hand, <laughs> wow, they lost Khalil Mack. We got the other side of this. I mean, how could they possibly pay that much money for John Gruden, but they couldn't afford to sign the best defensive player in the league to a long-term contract? All right, well, that's enough of that. Let me just they, – they, they then lost Michael Crabtree, got the ghost of North Jordy Nelson instead. They, they went ahead and got Martavis Bryant for a third-round pick, and then they cut him. So I don't know what's going on over there right now, but, uh, boy, Raiders – Rams, what do you think, Dan? What's going to happen in this game? So this is going to be another one of those everyone's going to be on one side of the game and Dan might actually end up on that side. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, in this one, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm usually a uh, let's go against, you know, the, 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 the mind, the, the square type of thinking that is, you know, the public betting uh, circles that really kind of go on here. Unfortunately, I just I can't pack the Raiders, man. I hated them. I had the you know one of my favorite plays this year was the team total under in terms of season wins before the year started. Now you get rid of Khalil Mack. The team's pissed off at the coach. I mean, to say the least. I mean, uh-huh. let's just let's just call it how it is. They're not happy. I don't blame them. I understand the whole Gruden thinking. I mean, I probably wouldn't have paid Mack either. Um, and I think the Bears probably paid too much of a premium along with giving him a contract, but that's kind of that's a different discussion for another day. And mm-hmm. the problem is, is that 
they're just I, I don't love there's just nothing really to love about the Oakland Raiders. Their offensive line has been eh, and is getting worse by the day. Their wide receiving corps after they lose Bryant. I mean, really, I love Cooper this year. I really do. But I mean, again, you're you're hoping a lot. You're asking for a lot out of him. The tight ends continuously get worse. You're going to have to hope that Steelers Jones becomes something big. You know, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch is getting older. The defense is getting older, and not. And I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you could name a legitimate bona fide stud on that defense anymore. I yeah. just, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to back a team in that place. The problem with the Rams is they have all these new characters and a ton of talent and a young head coach who really just doesn't know what he's in for, man. I mean, these are some real tough personalities. However, I don't think that's going to affect them earlier in the season. That's something to look for in later in the season once those personalities start to clash. And trust me, they will. And mm-hmm. it's going to be an issue there. And I, I don't think that the Rams are going to be as good as everyone thinks. However, week one, give me the Rams minus four. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the square play. I think everyone is gonna be on it, but I do think the Rams are gonna win and cover, win by maybe a touchdown and a field goal. Mm. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a high scoring game. That's what I think. A high scoring game. Like mm. the over there. Give me that. Give me the Patriots over too. I forgot to mention that earlier. I just mm-hmm. think that this is going to be a really interesting game that you might see a lot of people lose a lot of money on but I'm going to go square and I'm going to take the Rams minus four. All right. So Ryan, what do you think about this game on late Monday night? So I agree with so much of that too. Um this, this <laughs> Rams team, uh I believe I said this on the on the show in the past, is starting to have oh the Rams are, are starting to remind me a lot of the two thousand eleven uh Philadelphia Eagles dream team. Um, where it feels like it's going to come unglued in spectacular fashion. And if, uh, Dan, if you could get back to me on Twitter, and if you can find me some kind of parlay bet where I can put money down on, on huge odds that, uh, that Ndamukong Sue, Marcus Peters, and Akeem Tlaib all get thrown out of the same game at some point this season, I would probably <laughs> lay money down on that. Because <laughs> from the places they came from, you know, you had Eric Berry to calm down Marcus Peters, which he couldn't always do, but you had that in Kansas City. You had Chris Harris Jr., to, to keep uh, keep to leave in charge or, or in check. So when Akeem Tlaib's out there snatching chains and, and Marcus Peters is supposed to be over there helping, but instead he's on the sideline throwing you know penalty flags up into the crowd and Dominican Sue is somewhere stomping on people's heads. You know I just I don't know I don't know where you turn to. So but I think that that rears its head later in the season. The Raiders, John Gruden. I mean this is why you just don't hire a guy who's been out of the game that long. The game of football. I mean the life the life shelf. I mean think about think about how long ago it feels like that you know the the wildcat was and that that's what we're talking about as far as like mm-hmm. john gruden being a relevant coach in the nfl not to mention he was always overhyped i mean he won a super bowl when he went to a team that basically was already built to win and and he's coming to oakland he's made the team tremendously worse they have an idiot owner it's just a dumb dumb franchise that was once a storied franchise and after you know whatever it had to be then you know 13 14 years of being in the dumps of the NFL, having one of the worst winning percentages from, you know, 2000 to 2014, if not the worst. Um, it looked like they were building, a, you know, building a next great run. And they've completely dismantled that in three years. And, and now it's terrible. You've got, you got a number one receiver who's got hands like Will Fuller, which is not a compliment. Um, you, mm-hmm. have a, you have a running back who took a year off. So apparently in Oakland, if you want to take time off, 
that Oakland's the place to come back to because they'll hire anybody. They don't care how long you've sat out, whether you're a coach or player, it doesn't matter. So I'm DeMarco Murray, you listening? <laughs> yeah, DeMarco Murray. I mean, he'll take, take a whole year off and come back next year. Um, so yep. with that said, this is one of the bigger money plays I'm making this week in DFS. I'm, I'm taking Jared Goff at 6,700 because I think he just goes Uh-oh. out there and torches uh, this, uh, this abysmal. I mean, I don't – Dan said he couldn't name one marquee play on that defense. With, with all the guys that are gone, I mean, I hope Malcolm Smith is still playing for, for Oakland just so I can say I know one defender on that roster right now. Because outside <laughs> of that, I don't know anybody. Because um, it, it's just – it's an absolute mess. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking L.A. big in this game, and I like Jared Goff for, for big points this week in fantasy. All right. And I, I also like Cooper Cup in that same vein with the Jared Goff pick. He's only 5,200. He gets plenty of target share, plenty of receptions. Great for that PPR standard uh, scoring. And of course, I actually do like Marshawn Lynch a little bit. $5,100. Rams are better at pass defense and run defense. They're going to have to move the ball somehow. The Raiders don't look good to move it in any other way. So who knows? 5,100, maybe he falls into the end zone and gets you some value. Okay, guys, that is all the time we have. Hitting the horn on the show. That it was fantastic. First of all, thanks very much, Dan, for joining us on the show. Everybody, give him a listen and over under 985 podcast and at 985 the sports hub. Follow him on social media because he has all the answers. I think he proved that tonight. Dan, why don't you give us uh, give our listeners your social media so they can follow you? Yep, you can follow me at Dan Lis at D A N L I S S H E T Z at over under nine eight five. Just over under nine eight five. Nothing special about it. We uh we do a podcast every single week. We're gonna be doing picks every single week. We'll be doing our top right. three or four picks, maybe five, and uh yeah, we'll be doing that over there. All right, everyone check that out. It's gonna be fantastic. Ryan, you wanna give us your social media as well so everyone can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Follow me uh, on Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time. Follow me on uh, Twitter, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, and definitely make sure you go listen to the Over Under podcast. For those of you, uh, for our regular listeners, uh, Dan's counterpart, Joe Murray, was on our show last year, last time we did a full game yeah. show like this, so tons of great content on that show, so make sure you go over there and check them out. Yeah, they're fantastic. And again, thanks everybody for wasting time with us. Football is back and we are ready to roll. So I really mean it this time when I say, everyone, enjoy your NFL week. Mm-hmm.